0: Okay, at am Tov, we continue in our 12th class on the Megillus Esther with the commentary of the Mechir Yayin of the Ramah. And we're speaking now, we're on Perik Ches, Pasuk Ches. And where uh, Esther is looking for more redemption as the older person has to make repairs on the mistakes of their youth. And that was the issue we spoke about yesterday. And therefore, we begin Pasuk Ches and Ahasuerus tells Esther, uh, just to recap from Pasuk Zion, that he told Esther, well, listen, I already gave you the house of Haman uh, and I gave that to Esther and I hung, hung him on a tree. So he agrees to everything Esther wants and how Mordechai will explain it to him. So now we begin the aspect of exactly what was going to get accomplished. So Pasuk Ches, continues, Therefore write about the Jews, beinechem, as your eyes see fit, in the name of the king, and seal it with the ring seal of the king. Now, he adds why, and he says now, because something that is written in the name of the king, v'nechtam, batabas, hamelchem, was sealed with the king's seal. E'n you cannot rescind it. So we'll see exactly what this all is going to mean over here. So first of all, he says, write it for the Jews as is fitting in your eyes. as v'eineichem b'shem ha'malach. In the name of the king. without achashverosh. So now we're saying, write, remember, writing is to speak because writing is the quill of the heart so in what's good in your eyes to do the the will of the king meaning hashem okay and since writing is the quill of the heart which expresses the deepest feeling so the letter should be coming from the instructions of the sechel of the intellect that the homer is following and also we explain that Esther needs more to agree to Mordechai She's more important in these objects than the king Achishverosh because Esther is what's more in control of the feelings uh, that need to be molded by Mordechai. And therefore it says that the Mellah the king tells Esther, Mordechai, write what's good in your eyes. It's not so much my issue over here. I'm already the seichel. I don't have to deal with this. And therefore, it now says another line. This is the difficult line. It says, for whatever... Was, already, was written in the name of the king and sealed with the king's ring cannot be rescinded. So this is a famous question that all already asks. What does that mean? Well, they ask, according to the simple reading, since you cannot rescind what's been written and sealed by the king, how could Mordechai and Esther undo the evil of Haman that they already wrote the first letter because they were also written in the name of the king and signed with the king? Right? How can you change it? And therefore the Ramah says that their question is really what Achashverosh is saying over here. What do we mean? He says to Mordecai and Esther, write the way you want to do it. But I don't know if it's going to help because whatever's already been written and signed by the king, you can't bring it back. And therefore we already have a, a, a letter signed, sealed in the name of the king to kill all the Jews. So what are you going to write to undo this? But listen, do what's good in your eyes and figure how to get this done. And that is now what Mordecai exactly does. When he writes the new letters, he doesn't write to revoke the old letters and whoever goes against the Jews will die. He couldn't do that because you can't revoke it. So what did he do? He said that the Jews, this is the letter, the Jews should be standing on guard for their souls, as we'll see in a minute, to fight against them in the day that Haman established, which is the 13th day of Ador. And that's going to be the the letter is not telling to rescind, but it's telling Jews they can be ready to defend themselves. And therefore, the two letters can remain. And that satisfies the simple reading of the texts. Okay? And therefore... It only says, in later on the text, it says that the fear of the Jews fell upon their enemies. Okay. Doesn't mean that they necessarily started to attack their enemies. So the Jews got together to defend themselves. And if the enemies attack, then they will fight back. That's the simple meaning in the story of the, uh, the Megillah itself. And therefore, Mordecai did not ask the king to nullify the evil of Haman. So therefore, they could do this. Okay, and that's why it says later on that the Jews were able to dominate their enemies, right? And uh, that they only did that as a response to the attack that happened to them. They did not start the battle. Okay, that is in the real story. So how does that affect our story? Same idea. What does it mean? Because if the king signs and seals something, and what was that? The, the intellect of Ahasuerus, which was not so advanced in the beginning stages, tells Haman, we can, let's just have fun. Let's do Averos. It's already been done. It's been said. We can't undo them the foolishness of one's youth or early days of being uh, 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 standing on one's own, that something cannot be repaired. You're not fair. You can't change it, right? So now, therefore, the sins you did in the past, you can't change them. But when you get older, you can improve your ways, call out in the name of Hashem and sanctify God's name in every place where you desecrated it. And that's the second letter, so to speak. We can't undo the past. We did have arrows in the past. Certain damages cannot be repaired physically. But we can, what? Fight back. And how do we fight back? Is by creating a kiddush Hashem. And that's what the deeper meaning is over here. Now, in Pasuk Tes, it tells us exactly what happens. And the king scribes were summoned at the time in the third month that is the month of Sivan on the 23rd day of Sivan. And it's written according to all that Mordecai commanded to the Jews and to the Sertraps and governors and the princes of the provinces of Lododakush, 127 provinces, every province according to its script, every national according to its tongue, and to the Jews according to the script and according to their tongue. So that all is, again, the idea of the letters, the tongue, speaking, and we now speak to, to the person, how are you going to change and it says in the month of Sivan. What's so special about the month of Sivan? month of Sivan is the month that we got the Torah. And through learning Torah, you can repair all the damage. But it's even more specific. It's the 23rd day of Sivan. So now let's try to figure out, let's get the timing over here. When did Haman write the first letters to annihilate the Jews? It was on the 13th of Nisan. 13th of Nisan. After Nisan is Eor and then is Sivan. So if we calculate from the 13th of Nisan to the 23rd of Sivan, you get 68 days. The gematio of 68 is Samach Ches. Samach is 60, Ches is 8. Which is real, so the word Sach, to speak. And therefore we see that in these 68 days, of the 68 days which is the power of speech, and 68 is also the gematia of Chaim, life, to tell us that someone who uses his mouth to say good things, learning Torah and improving their ways, will merit sach, will merit life, and not in any other way. So this is the critical point of the dates over here. And when it says write the letters to the Jews, because we know that the only ones who really are going to take heed to such a message of improving their ways are the Jews. And therefore it says letters for the Jews. Even though it says about the other ones, the satraps, the governors, the princes, and all these from Hoda the Kush, we already explained what those are symbolic of, the important body parts that are there and they will fight against the Yetzirah. So we're telling everybody to fight against the Yetzirah. Pasuk Yud. So, and he wrote in the name of King HaShverosh and sealed it with the king's ring. And he sent letters by the curries to horseback, the riders of the king's steeds, the camels bred of the dromedaries. Okay, what is that? So again, makes sense that we're saying in the name of the King HaShverosh, which is the born Seichel. And what is written is the deeper Seichel. So we're taking the inborn seichel and we're writing it in the name of the deeper seichel and we send them in the ones who are running. We have the runners, uh, couriers mm-hmm. who are on horseback and the ones who are riding the king's steeds, etc. all these things. And we know who all these people are. These are the... the um, Uh, emotions that run wild as we talked about this. We talked about the powers of imagination. That is the camel that we explained from the Zohar, like like they fly in the air, so to speak. And the snake, we we remember said, is like the camel. And that's the idea of imagination. They took all those powers, okay? And they're sending this svarim, they're sending the books. Svarim is from the word Sipur, of telling, of speaking, in the hands of the rutzim, the runners. We said is the emotions and the other powers who run very fast, and usually they go after evil and they do terrible things, and they they uh, associate things with wealth and power, and that's the idea of roch Ha Ashtranim, those who ride the king's steeds, so to speak, and they're going after illusion that's false. And they said you have to be prepared to make some changes. And what are the changes? In other words, the very emotions that were running to do terrible things now have to be running to do better things. And he writes there that the Pasuk Yudaluf, that the king had given to the Jews who are in every city the right to assemble and to protect themselves, to destroy, to slay, and to cost to perish the entire host of every people, and prophets, and oppress them, small children and women, and to take their spoils for plunder okay so they are standing la al to protect their souls it says protect their souls it doesn't say protect their bodies because we're really talking about a spiritual battle that everyone has to reflect on what the end of life is going to be and you and when you end your life you don't want to be totally lost into oblivion but you want to be bound in the bounds of life. And therefore, you don't want to go after the advice of the wicked woman but rather you want to save your soul. And therefore, you want to kill and destroy all of the forces that are trying to get you to sin, the ones that are press oppressing you. Okay? And those who want to make a person sin. And therefore we have to fight back against them. And then it says, and take their spoils for plunder, means to do that, you know what? take the spoils, mean I don't even care. I don't follow them. I don't care about them. And, you know, it, it's I don't want to use the spoils the way they use it. I don't want to have no use for it at all. And therefore we see what's happening that the old person can nullify his sins only through sanctifying Hashem's place in the name in the place where he desecrated and especially through Torah. And that we're using the same forces to do the right things. And now in Pasegid we get a little bit more clarity about the precise date, <coughs> when it's going to happen. Bechol Echad, Bechol in each, in Biyom rather, in one day, in all the provinces of the King Echishverish, on the 13th day of the 12th month, which is Ador, is when we can fight back. The verse says, Biyom on one day, means to say, Biyom meaning to say, really, was was only one day of fighting. What is that, the deeper message, what we're saying now? You have to fight your Yeh You want to do tshuva. It's possible, Gemara says, Yesh kaina olama, there's one who can acquire his world to come. It takes a lifetime. But one who can get it also, b'sha'achas, in one moment. So, b'yom in one day, a person can have, here huray tshuva, thoughts of tshuva. It's possible to undo things. Now, of course, you're not going to be perfect in one day, but you get a paradigm shift. And when the paradigm shift happens, now you're in an altogether different direction. And we said that was the 13th day. That was the very same day that Haman had decided to destroy the Jews. So, And therefore, uh, that he's saying we have to reflect on this day to not listen to the advice of Haman because that's going to be the last chance of Haman, so to speak. Where he's going to send all the forces to try to destroy him. Okay? Now, that's one point. So, the very day that was used to destroy the Jews is the, and that's, it's going to be, we're going to bring it back to the place. Remember, Baal is the only person who does in the same place, same time, and everything. So, Hamans, that's the day. The 13th is when they want to really let us have it. So, we have to be ready to fight back. <coughs> and you can acquire your oil in one day. Now, what is more to be said about the 13th day of Adar? Why did he establish it as that? Well, for technical reason, that's the day that Haman's going to kill him. But it also happens to be the 13th. Today, by the way, in our calendar, is the seventh day of Adar. It's the day that Moshe passed away. So if you think about it, what is... Uh, so uh, Mordechai is hinting to us that one of the methods to do tshuva is that a person has to take to heart that one day you're going to pass away, just like Moshe. And when did the seventh day of Shiva for Moshe happen? would be on the 13th, because seven is day one. Seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. So 13 is the end of the Shiva to teach something very beautiful, because we know We're not supposed to mourn longer than what Hashem says. It's only seven days. And after the seven days, we don't mourn excessively. Torah says you can't mourn excessively, what I say, because the truth is seven days, because the soul really is now in a good place. So what's the real mourning for is for that we're missing that person. He's no longer within the living. And therefore, when we mourn only for seven days, to show that's all we're going to mourn for, not more than that. Now, there's other things that are hinted to with seven, to show that seven can be seven decades. Okay, and that's how much time a person has in his life. Okay, and therefore, Mordechai writes that everyone should think about one's lifetime. And just like Moshe died and the Shiva ended on the 13th, you should know seven days, seven decades, and therefore we should start thinking that the time will come when we have to leave this world, and we shouldn't mourn so much for our lives because there'll be another world that will happen. But we've got to make ourselves the servant of it. And that's what Mordechai is telling us. That's what the elevated seichel is saying, that when you have to fight, the Yetzirah keeps fighting us we have to be able to, and this is now to repair the damage of the past and to come back and take it as we shall see as this will continue. And such an important idea, the next passage says, the copy of the writ was that an edict be given in every province, published before all the people, and that the Jews be ready for that day to avenge themselves upon their enemies. What's the idea of the copy of the writ? It tells everyone should should teach themselves and do to know, to always, you should preserve in writing this rule that when the sekel rises, the Yetzir Hara and its powers shall fall before them. Something you have to indelibly mark into your consciousness. And then indeed, that's what was done and therefore it came out that indeed the couriers, those who ride the king's steeds, the camels went out, hastened and pressed by the king's order and the edict was given in Shushan, the capital, everything is Mordecai instructed, the instructions came into reality, reality, and the emotions and all those things are now uh, are now uh, confounded and running wildly according to Mordechai's advice, because once Mordechai is up, everything is subjugated for him. Now, we now are going to see in the next couple psukim the following idea. That when a person merits to develop a certain level of perfection, as we're seeing, there is place for joy and rejoicing. And this is now one of the famous psukim of the Megill that we read out loud as a congregation. And Mordechai left the king's presence, bilvush malchus. Number one with a royal raiment, tcheles vachor, blue and white and a huge golden crown, and a wrap of linen and purple wool. And the city of Shushan was shouting and rejoicing. So what is this hinting for us? So we know the famous words of the Navi that says, a person should not uh, praise himself For his wealth, the wealthy man should not praise himself for the wealth, the strong man should not praise himself for the strength, the wise man should not praise himself for his wisdom. But this is what a person should praise himself: is fear of God. So it's four things that are mentioned. And therefore, even the philosophers tell us there are four areas where a person can develop perfection. Number one, and we're going from lowest importance to greatest importance. Number one is perfection and acquisition. In other words, wealth. You've got all the money you need, you got clothes, you got houses, you got villas, you have land, you are a big person. That is one area of perfection. Having a lot of money is a big thing, and that equals power. That's one. Second. Is perfection of one's body, one's physique. Okay, you're a very healthy person, strong. Third is perfection of one's midos, virtues, character, and the fourth is the perfection of one's highly developed intellect. Okay, Uh, and therefore you're able to understand true realities about Hashem, and therefore. The prophet says, number one, for the perfection of, of, of accruing a lot of wealth, the wealthy man should not praise himself over the wealth. For the strong body, the strong man should not praise himself for the strength. For amazing midos, even the chacham shouldn't praise himself because of his wisdom. But the only thing you should, and that's Yiras Hashem, which is talking about really understanding deeply what Hashem is all about. Okay, how's that related to this pasuk? So now we're going to see four clauses relating to Mordechai. Now Mordechai is leaving from the king; he's leaving Hashem's presence. He's going out now to the people. Now Mordechai is the highly developed intellect that we're listening to. So therefore, and that reflects perfection in all four areas that you have. So let's talk about um, the perfection. Of The body, it says he goes out with a lavush malchus, a garment of royalty. And we already explained that the body of a person is a garment of the soul. So he's going with a royal body where his body is perfected, not just it's healthy, but it's in tune and in line with what the soul wants. The second says, blue and white. That is representing the perfection of uh, wealth and honor that are symbolized by white and blue that mystically refer to um, wealth and honor. Then we say, a a golden crown on his head. That has to do with the development of the seichel, the elevated seichel. He said a crown goes around the head. It circumscribes what we think about in a holy way. And finally, tachruh, Boots the argamon, we're talking about the wrapped up linen and purple. That is the perfection of Midos. Okay, so and show, he had everything. And when everything is there, okay, what, what that happens is the city of Shushan, that means everybody, that means all the forces within the people, within the person is very happy because Tzadik Yisod Olam. The tzaddik elevates everything. So there's nothing to be afraid that will go back to be destroyed. Once you've perfected yourself in those four ways, which Mordechai has, and that is now developing within the human being, there's nothing to worry about. And when that happens, what's going to be the next result? And that's the Pasuk we all say out loud. La Yehudi Ma'isa v'simcha The Jews had light and joy and gladness and honor. And that's the four types of joy that parallels the four types of perfection and how the Torah brings one to trust in Hashem even in areas that you would have had trouble in before. And that's what he explains. Okay, that, that's the four types of joy. Then it says in Pesach Yud Zion, and in every province and in every city, wherever the king's order and edict reached, there was joy and gladness for the Jews a banquet and a festive day. And many of the peoples of the land became Jews because the fear of the Jews was upon them. Okay, so therefore, what what does that t- say? I mean, ever, wherever the king's order reached. Okay, what does it mean, the king's order? Das HaMelech, it means Jewish law. Where Hashem's will, wherever Hashem's will reaches, that's what we have joy and gladness for the Jews, festive and yontif. Why? Because whenever you follow the words of the Torah, which is like which is, the symbolism is the law that was given at Shushan, wherever you follow it, there's joy, there's happiness. Because you're eating with calmness. You're happy with what you need. You're happy with your portion. You uh, are, are 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 feel secure in Hashem. Hashem will take care of everything. He takes away your worries. For ex- At the opposite, for example, it says, anyone who has food for today, and says, what are we gonna eat for tomorrow, is a person of deficient emunah. So therefore, how, and therefore you're not happy. How can you be tranquil? It's through the Torah, which is the law that was given in Shushan, so to speak. And that means you have a festival, you have joy, you have yontif, always, always, as the last words of shohadar says, tov lev mishta tomid, a good heart always feasts. Because it doesn't mean you're fressing, but you're feasting on life. And therefore, when, when the Torah comes to that area, it brings you to trust Hashem even in areas that would normally, would not be able to trust. And it says, and many of the, people of the land became Jews because they feared the Jews because we understand that the calls out in the name of Hashem just like Avram did and what did Avram do he called out Hashem made a kid Hashem and made people converted. as it says (laughs) they made souls in Choram it says the fear of the Jews fell upon him because deeper meaning is they were afraid of that which the Jews were afraid of and that's they showed that year of Shemaima. And that's how you can get, so to speak, the rest of your body to fall in line with everything. They all want to be part of the process. And this is the great Kiddush Hashem that we are doing through the uh, trust that we have in Hashem. Mordechai shows that in a very clear way. All right. We now begin the ninth chapter. And the ninth chapter begins... In the twelfth month of Ador, on the thirteenth day, where the words of the king and his law were heard to be done, on the day that the Jews' enemies looked forward to ruling over them, they thought that was going to happen. Then Habakkuk was reversed. The Jews, they ruled over their enemies. And what does that mean to say? It means to say that the very prosecutor that was prosecuting, Haman was the prosecutor. He's the Yetzirah. He's also the Satan. He's also Malchus. He's the prosecutor. And that day was the 13th day of the 12th month of Chodesh Ador. And that's when he wanted the Jews to sin in the worst way. So that very day of prosecution turned into the defense because Mordecai established a day to reflect and to learn how to nullify the advice of Haman and Zeresh and all those people that were on that bad side. And that's what it's saying on the day where the enemies of the Jews looked forward to ruling over them, they reversed that. And you reverse that, you take the very forces that want to destroy you, Tshuva is not to destroy your Yitzhara; it's to capture it and make him work on your side, and make him do the opposite. Use his talents to have the opposite happen, and that's what Pesach Bay says. Because it's all explained. Because the Jews assembled in their cities in all the provinces of King Achishvers to lay hand on those who sought to harm them, and no one stood up before them, and their fear had fallen upon all of the peoples. All right, that's all, we said all the different body parts of the person, all the elements of the person, and that brings us complete shlemens to the person that happens with most Jews at this time. And all the king, princes of the provinces, the satraps and the governors were pussy and those that conduct the king's affairs elevated Jews for the fear of Mordechai fell upon them. There was a great fear of Mordechai that was upon them, because Mordechai was the most important one in the king's house. Okay, we understand Mordechai is the elevated sechel, and the house of the king is the, is the sechel that gets elevated more because of that. And it became very, in other words, the whole hashkafa, the whole way of the of the uh, sechel that Mordechai brings into bear was very much afraid. We all had to follow everything that's going on over there. Okay? And, uh, and then we continue on Pasuk Dalet, Mordechai, Mordechai was great in the king's house, and his fame went throughout all the provinces, Ki ish Mordechai because Mordechai waxed greater and greater. And that is, the truth is, as we get to this stage of life, when you get older and older, and your physical strength diminishes, and now the seichel, which is Mordechai, gets stronger and stronger. That's what at the end of Masechus, Kinim says, a Talmud Chacham, the older he gets, he gets more wisdom. So Mordechai, which represents the, now at this stage, where the person's towards the last part of his life, you see how he gets stronger and stronger, and then you're able to destroy your enemy. And the Jews smote all their enemies with the stroke of the sword and with slaying and destruction they did to their enemies as they wished. And who are the enemies? Haman, Zeresh, their children, all these forces of imagination, arousal, and the forces that come out of that. And they were given a a, a makkah of cherev, of the sword, and also hereg, uh, the, uh, the, the second way of destruction that happened over there. And that's what he's saying. That uh, hereg is the idea of killing. Uh, as the medrash we said long ago from the Zohar, rather that said killing is the female. Remember Hashem, what did he do with the Leviathan? He killed the female and he neutered the zohar. Therefore, it says here makas ve a mak of the sword and hereg killing for the nekeva, which is the Homer, that it, it so it should not rule on anymore. And then the loss of the zachar which is neutering them. So that's the hereg the, the, the hereg, the hereg, the hereg, the hereg, two aspects. And they did to their enemies, that is the Yetzirah and all the other uh, the powers that it has, kir as they wished to take them down. That leaves us now to the next part tomorrow is the the, the detail of the destruction of the ten forces of the Yetzirah. That we'll get to tomorrow in your session.